If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look there today. Are you a workaholic? Uh, see how many of these questions you answer yes to. Do you take work with you to bed or the weekends or vacation? Is work the activity you enjoy most and you talk about most? Do you work more than 40 hours a week? Do you take complete responsibility for the outcome of your work? Do you take on extra work because you're concerned otherwise it just won't get done right? You get irritated if people ask you to stop working or do something else? Have your work hours hurt your family or other relationships? Do you work or, or read during mealtimes? Well, if you've answered yes to any or, or many of these questions, then you very well may be a workaholic. But see, we live in this society where we are working more and resting less. You're familiar with the term 24-7? I mean, you, you have to be, right? It's popped up into our language in the last few years. It's everywhere. 24 refers to 24 hours a day. 7 refers to 7 days a week. Right? So this 24-7 has become this lifestyle, this standard pace for American life. America now leads the world in many things, and we've become the world leader in non-stop work. I mean, we don't call it the American work ethic for nothing, but we not only work an average of 50 weeks a year, the average American works nearly 2,000 hours a year. About 40% of America puts in 50 hours a week or 2,500 hours a year. And don't think for a minute this doesn't take its toll. An estimated of 60% of absences from work are from physiological problems due to stress and job burnout, costing over $57 billion a year. Mass layoffs, pay cuts, endless work days, disappearing vacations. We're coping with stress on an unprecedented level. In Japan, it's known as karoshi. It's death from overwork. The Japanese government reported 10,000 cases a year of managers, executives, and engineers who have died from overwork. And 45% of workers in America report high job stress. 25% call their jobs the number one stress factor in their life. I mean, life in America has reached what Trekkies have called warp speed. L listen to this. In 1800, there were 1 billion people. By 1930, there were 2 billion people. Now, just 30 years later, there were 3 billion people. 15 years later, 1975, there were 4 billion people. By 1998, there were 6 billion people on this planet. Life expectancy worldwide was 21 years old at the time of Christ. Uh, it was 48 years old in 1955. And by the year 2050, it's expected to rise to 85. There are 62,000 new book titles and editions that come out every year. The Physician's Desk Reference had 300 pages when it was published in 1948. Now, it has over 3,000 pages. In 1978, the average grocery store had 11,000 products. Now, it has over 30,000 products. There are over 550 different kinds of coffee, 250 different kinds of toothpaste, and 2,500 different kinds of light bulbs. We have more coming at us at a quicker pace than ever before in history. And now I haven't told you anything you don't already know, right? 
I mean, many of you are living what I've talked about, this 24-7 lifestyle. And everybody knows the problem. The question becomes, what is the solution? And I believe it's found at the beginning of time. The beginning of human existence and creation. The beginning of Scripture. Because the God who worked to create this world, the God who created the very concept of work, the God who created the very first worker, clues us in on how do you handle this work life and how do you balance it in Genesis chapter 2. So as we continue to look at how can our lives be shockingly refreshing, let's look at what he has to say. (coughs) Excuse me. Genesis 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Snuggled right here in the midst of the garden and the snakes and the floods and all of that is God's little secret on how do you make sure you balance your work with the rest of your life so that you can have a balanced life. And first it's here, we must rest from our work. See, we begin by seeing that God finished his work of creation and then he rested. But he didn't rest until his work was done. It says, the heavens and the earth were completed. God worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. From the very beginning of human existence, God built these two principles into everyday life. One is labor and one is leisure. And they're so important, he put them in as part of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. In other words, no one. (laughs) Now God made it plain, we are to work. He set the example of work. I mean, don't misunderstand me this morning and think I'm telling you there's something wrong with working and the work ethic. No, God had a job to do when he created this world and he stuck to it until he finished that job and he did it perfectly Adam had barely been created was still a newlywed and God put him to work Genesis 2 15 the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and care for it God gave Adam a garden to live in and it was Adam's job to keep it weeded and cleaned up incidentally you know there's nowhere in the Bible where it says we are ever to quit working I mean, the concept of retirement is actually nowhere in Scripture. And now there's nothing wrong with retiring from from a paying job. But the question becomes, when you do, how can you use that time to serve God? As long as you have breath in your body, there's a job that God has for you to do. And it may change over time, but there's always something He has for you to do. But you see, at the same time that God showed us how to work, he also showed us how to rest. Right? On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested from all the work he had done. See, the first time anyone ever took a rest in history was when God rested on day seven. And why did he rest? It wasn't because he was tired or exhausted. Right? Isaiah 40, 28 says, Don't you know anything? 
Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. God doesn't need to take a nap or catch up on his sleep. He never tires. No, God finished his work. When he was done, when he was satisfied with what he had done, he rested. And evidently he thought it was so important that he take a break that he set aside a day of rest. And it says he blessed the seventh day. Now notice, it doesn't say that he blessed any of the other six days. But he marked off this seventh day and made it extremely special. You know, we know a lot about this concept of rest from the Hebrew word it comes from. Right? The Hebrew word is Sabbath. It literally means to cease, to quit working. And now we'll talk about that more in a minute, but keep this in mind. Whatever else the Sabbath was meant to be, it was meant to be a day of rest. When I was in fourth grade, I began playing trumpet. I love playing trumpet. I enjoyed it. I got to be pretty good at it. And I learned early on that, you know, trumpet players, we usually have the melody of the song. And so I loved playing it. But early on, I learned one more lesson about reading music. And there were these other marks on the page besides just music notes. These little marks, they're kind of squiggly, and one looks like a little top hat. And those marks are called rests. And every now and then a musician, as he's playing a certain instrument, comes to what is called this rest, and he has to stop playing. And it's not because he's tired. It's just because his particular piece, part in that piece, is done. So he stops. His work is finished. See, in the music of life, God has dictated this principle. He's built it into every, even the way he created our bodies. And after every six measures that we call days, we are to take a rest. I mean, 24-7 is not in God's vocabulary. All work and no play doesn't just make Jack a dull boy. It makes him a sinful boy because he's breaking one of God's commandments. God made this extremely plain. On the seventh day is the day of the Sabbath, a rest day, no work. And the reason that God put this principle of rest in the Scripture and he wants it built into our lives is not so that we get less done. It's actually so that we get more done. I mean, think about it this way. You know the most effective knife is the sharpest knife. Right? But even a knife has to be taken out of circulation and sharpened so that it will become more effective. And it's the same with us. We have to be taken out of circulation. We have to rest from our work so that we can be most effective. And then we must be refreshed in our walk. Look again at what God does for this day. It says, God blessed the seventh day because in it he rested from all his work. God took one day out of the week and he blessed it and then even told us what the purpose of the day it was. It was for rest. It was for refreshment. See, keep in mind, the only day in all the Bible that carries with it a blessing is the Sabbath. Exodus 23.12 states the purpose of the Sabbath. It says, work for six days and rest on the seventh. This will give your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It will also allow the people of your household, including your slaves and visitors, to be refreshed. That Hebrew word for refresh, it means 
to breathe. When you've run to the point of exhaustion, the way you refresh yourself is to stop and get your breath. And God has made it so that we need one day a week to stop and catch our breath. You know, over the years, Coca-Cola has had some great marketing campaigns. Back in 1929, their advertising people came up with this phrase, the pause that refreshes. That's a great way to describe what the Sabbath was meant to be. Your day of rest, your pause, is meant to refresh. But we live in this generation that really doesn't understand the concept of Sabbath. I mean, people and nations observed Sabbath for thousands of years. And then recently, through the Industrial Revolution, our Western world largely has abandoned it. I mean, that truth is even with people who go to church. Again, we live in this culture of 24-7, not the culture of the Sabbath. The Sabbath used to be the best day of the week. Do you ever remember a time when every store in town was closed on Sunday? It was known as a blue law, and it outlawed businesses from being open on Sunday. I remember growing up, I lived in Harvey, and there was a town next to us, South Holland, and they were a Dutch community, and, and they, they had these laws in the books. And everything was shut down. Stores, restaurants, everything was closed. And the principle behind this was that society recognized even workers needed a day of rest. And that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God set aside a day where Adam could just rest and catch his breath. Even then, Adam needed a day to just turn off the cell phone and not bother with the emails and just relax. Because think of it this way. God could have created the world in six nanoseconds, right? Boom, and it was done. But he took six days. He rested on the seventh. And he did it to illustrate the fact that we need to stop and rest so we can be refreshed. And the Sabbath is given to us to use every week. Not meant to be used once a month or once a year or once a quarter, but once a week. And you know, there's still a group of people in this world that understand that. You can go to the land of Israel and you can see remarkable places with unbelievable history. You can go to the Valley of Elah and see where David fought Goliath and Mount Carmel and see where Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal. You can go to the fields of Bethlehem and see where the shepherds watched over their flocks at night. But there's one day of the week where you can't do a whole lot in Israel. And that's on Saturday. The whole country shuts down for the Jewish Sabbath. The entire nation takes a break. They enjoy the pause that refreshes See, God built it into our very bodies when we were created to let us know that we need to be refreshed. And then finally, we must be revived in our worship. There's a, verse in, a word in verse 3 I don't want you to miss. Listen to it from a different version. It says this, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. That word sanctified, it means set apart. It has to do with holiness. It has to do with worship. See, the Sabbath existed from creation. And there's still a day that needs to be sanctified, that needs to be set apart for God and God alone. And that is the Sabbath. 
Because the Sabbath is about honoring God first at the very outset of our week. See, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but technically, Sunday is not a part of the weekend. Right? The culture we live in, the weekends are Saturday and Sunday. But actually, the weekend is Saturday. Right? That's when the week ends. Saturday. And a new week begins on Sunday. Sunday was never meant to be the end of an old week, but the beginning of a new one. That's why we should give God the first day of the week. Because we need to give God the first fruits of all of our life. Give Him the first dime of every dollar you make. Give Him the first hour of every day that you live. Give Him the first day of every week. When you observe the Lord's Day and you take this as your Sabbath, what you're doing is not only obeying God's command to rest, but you're letting God know that you trust Him in the other six days of the week that He'll provide all that you need. The Sabbath is for refreshment. And the primary way to be refreshed is through worship. Right? The Sabbath day in the Old Testament was never separated from corporate worship. From the days of Moses all the way up to the days of the early church. See, here's what I want you to get. God's Sabbath isn't just to be a day of rest, but a day of reverence. Why do you think God wants to make sure that our day of rest is our day of worship? Because one of the things we need to do every week is replenish our spirit. You can run down spiritually, right? Just like a battery dies, so cannot we. It's true for even us diehards. It's why we need to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. Why we need to fellowship with God's people. Why we need to study His Word. Why we need to worship Him. So that we can be filled with His Spirit. Hebrews 10.24 We should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and do helpful things. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other. See, what worship does is it encourages us. It supplies us with fellowship. It strengthens our faith. It soothes our feelings. And if you're really in tune with God, there's nothing you can do that is more restful than getting with His people and studying with His Word and worshiping the God of rest. The reason that God sent His Son Jesus to this world was to do the work of salvation that only He could do so that we can rest from trying to do the work of our salvation, then we can try to, instead of us trying to earn it, which we can't, we can rest in his finished work on the cross. And there is no rest like that when you know that you are right with God through a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, we have a lot of spiritual workaholics in this world and they're trying to work their way into getting to heaven. But what they need to realize is they can rest permanently when they skip their lives to Christ, when they know that He has completed the work of our salvation. So let me ask you, is that what you need this morning? To rest in the assurance that you are right in your relationship with God because of your personal relationship with Jesus? Do you need that? Because if that's what you need, come to me, talk to me, stop by the church and visit with me, call me, text me, Just know that there's nothing more important than your relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for the Sabbath. For the day when we can rest and we can worship you. You created this day for us and you created us in such a way that we need this day. 
So Lord, help us to take time today to rest in you, to be refreshed in you, to be revived through you. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.